0: Welcome to Alosa Fumar Takes. This is our 277th take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azel, Texas. I'm your host, Barry DePlissey, as always, and I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all tonight. This is gonna be a fantastic show. It's freezing ass motherfucking cold here in Texas, but I don't care. The show must go on, and I am so excited to have this guest on. What an incredible year this has been for this individual, but I don't want to do any spoilers. We're going to talk about this man's amazing journey in the cigar industry, and I'm so excited to sit down with him, and I'm so privileged that he, uh, he actually agreed to be on tonight. So, before we get to formal introductions of our amazing guest of honor, we do have to thank the people that make this show possible, and that, of course, is our sponsors, and tonight's show is sponsored by Drew Estate. Drew Estate has done it once again, debuting the Liga Pravada Liga Unico Porchetto, a culinary-inspired cigar exclusively for Casa de Monte Cristo. In an unparalleled mashup of culinary artistry and cigar craftsmanship, Drew Estate proudly introduces the Liga Pravada Unico Porchetto. Drawing inspiration from the original Italian traditional Italian roasted pork dish known for its rich layers of savory seasonings, this cigar is meticulously crafted to evoke the similar complexity in its flavor profile. Liga Pravada Porchetta is exclusively available at the Distinguished Costa de Monte Cristo brick and mortar locations. Jonathan Drew, founder and president of Drew Estate, expressing his excitement about this new global office, uh, about this new from the new global offices of Drew Estate, proclaims Porchetta is an meaty, in your face, turbulent journey of flavor and aroma. It's hard hitting, yet smooth and meat loving calculation. At the very same time, kind of like a Larry Holmes jam out to the dome. It's not meant to knock you out, but damn, that was the thing about Holmes in his heyday. He could literally knock you out with a couple of jabs. Nobody got knocked out. Uh, nobody should get knocked out with a jab, really. But the porchetta is like a miniature Larry Holmes. My dad was a huge Larry Holmes fan for the for the record, says Jonathan Drew. I I I still haven't gotten used to reading this. I love reading this. I hope that Jonathan Drew does more metaphors using boxing figures. Or just anything in general, because he's fantastic, just like his cigar. So go to Casa de Monte Cristo and check out the Liga provatica Unico Porchetto today. And welcome everybody. This is our 277th take. So without further ado, let's get to introductions uh, of our guest of honor tonight, sponsored by United Cigar. Smoke one today. Start living United. Mr. Frank Casio the third of Foreign Affair and Luciano Cigars. Frank, how are we doing tonight?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on the show. Incredibly grateful, and something I've been looking forward to.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. So, a busy day for you. Uh, golf, family, a lot of good times. Uh, not freezing ass cold uh, <laughs> for you up there. I mean, but but apparently there is a cold front going through Florida too. There
1: so, I mean, been, yeah. what
0: what's the what's the what's the chilly temperatures you've been dealing with?
1: I think today it wasn't so bad. It's about seventy degrees, but it's been in the fifties for <laughs> the last <laughs> the last couple of weeks. Fifty Cold degrees, frost.
0: man. Yeah. So, I mean, that you're you're from up north. I mean, you're from. Were you born and raised in Jersey? I was. Yeah. Okay. So, like, what what's it been like, man? What's like? How long have you been in Florida these days? I've been in Florida for
1: almost twenty years. Uh, went to college down here when I was eighteen, and fell in love
0: with this area. Fell in love with the weather. And didn't look back. Yeah. Kind of... I guess not. So so is your body like acumen to like, so so the 50 degrees, was the 50 degrees like freezing cold for you?
1: Oh, yeah. I, I became so soft down here in Florida. Uh, that winter blood is out of my system. I, I I don't play golf if it's below 60 degrees. Oh, wow. you to play in the 40s. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I remember, um, I grew up in El Paso, Texas, which is definitely not known for its cold weather either, but I remember, man, playing, playing in 50 degree weather was like amazing because yeah. it sure, it sure be like playing in like a hundred degrees and stuff like yeah. that. So, um, well, that's awesome. So, um, well, I, we're going to get to golf here in a second. I wanted to talk a little bit more in depth about that, but like, um, I have a, we're going to touch on another point here that I kind of stumbled upon too, when I was, when I was doing some research uh, for this tonight's show here, Frank, but do you have any other hidden talents other than golf cigars? Cause it seemed like everything, every time that you and I've talked, you know, just a few times that we've spoken or anything like that, I kept like doing like research for tonight's show. It was like, everything just kept like, I was like, wow, that's a real, that's a really cool surprise. Oh, wow. That's a really cool thing. So I'm just (laughs) like wondering if there's any hidden talents. I wouldn't say any
1: major talents i i have some hobbies i like to surf i like to play poker um and i grew up near lang city so the golf course that i was a uh, an instructor at i would barter golf lessons for poker lessons with all the poker pros that were members of the course so oh okay well there you go
0: that. yeah there you go um poker lessons so who, who were who were some of the people you got poker lessons from I
1: wouldn't say any major household names but um Anthony Hill um was probably the my main guy that a good friend of mine and a guy that gave me
0: lessons uh, mainly okay um what so what what wh- what games do you like to play as are you mainly Holden like holdem player or like what what yeah, else do you texas, like to play Texas
1: holdem occasionally omaha but i i like texas holdem
0: the most I, lo- I love omaha i played a lot of it in college um it's fun. yeah such a fun game did you ever play did you ever play uh I, I i got really good at i got really good at raz that was kind of my that was kind of my hidden game back in college the college days did you, know, you
1: ever, i tried i tried it online once and it confused me so i i'm not good at raz at all it's
0: a frustrating game because you're literally trying to lose so like inherently it's like the worst it's like goes against everything that you've ever wanted to do. It's the most confusing yeah. thing ever. So. <laughs> yeah. Cause Looks like. It'd be like, it's kind of like golf. You want the lowest score possible, but it would be like going out and playing golf and like, I want to take as many strokes as possible. That's exactly. Yeah. To, that's how you would describe Baraz to everybody is okay. like, you're literally trying to do the opposite of what is inherently instilled in you. And that's how, yeah. that's how you get away with things. So that's how uh, it's, it's, it's it's a fun game, but it can be super frustrating. Uh, okay. mostly because most people playing don't absolutely know have any idea what they're doing and stuff. But <laughs> uh, but the uh, but I did you did you ever like did you ever play like in any major tournaments? Did you ever did you ever like try um, any World Series events or anything like that? Or
1: a long time ago, yeah, I played some World Poker Tour events. Never got too far. I I won a couple of local tournaments in Lake City at the Brigada, but ne- nothing nothing big. I was more of a cash game player. Well, that's super cool.
0: Never got yeah. too far, like what, like so you never cashed, or I've got, I've never cashed in a major event. Okay, yeah, that's really cool. Um, yeah, I never major, I never cashed in a major event either. But uh, I played some satellite events back in the day too. So yeah. maybe if we were on the same side of the the country, we might run into each other. It Sounds like around the same time. Probably. Do you still play? Do you still play at all? Or
1: um, I haven't played in a while. Occasionally, you know, if we get a rainy day or something, and get the the day free, um, I'll go down there and play poker.
0: When when did you pick up surfing? How long has that been a
1: thing for you? Um, so I grew up in a little island, um, near Lang City called Brigantine in New Jersey, and it was a a little surf town. And picked it up when I was maybe thirteen. I'm not very good at all, but uh, it's something I enjoy.
0: I don't do it as often as I used to, but definitely love it. I find that. That's kind of funny that you picked it up when you were in Jersey and now that you're in Florida, you don't get to do it as often. (laughs) Atlantic, uh, the Atlantic ocean surfing or Gulf of Mexico surfing just has to be different. Like I, I I feel like I didn't see, I don't see a lot of it in the Gulf, you know, I'm here in Texas. So I, I mean, I see it on the opposite side of the Gulf, obviously, than where you probably spend some time, but um. But it's, I think it's like – I feel like it's a lot bigger of a deal like further south like in the Caribbean or on the yeah. Pacific side. Um, is surfing yeah. really big in Florida or am I just, am I just completely making that up?
1: In, in northern Florida,
0: it's big. My area, not so much. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, well, let's get into this. I mean we've kind of already touched on some some hidden stuff and everything here. But I, I wanted, to, wanted to take a deep dive into – Everything. But before we do that, I wanted to light up one of these amazing cigars that you got me. Uh, Frank, so thanks to so thanks to you and, and Sean for uh making this happen. So I've got the uh the Foreign Affair Toro Extra here, which is a six and a half by fifty two from Luciano Cigars and yourself. We're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more about this cigar here in a little bit, but uh uh are you smoking tonight?
1: Uh I have one, but I'm indoors. Um Outside, I don't have good lighting or anything, so um, figured take the night off from smoking a cigar.
0: Oh man, I feel bad. <laughs> now I feel bad. This is this is terrible. But thank you so I'm much not. for getting these cigars for me. I'm super excited to super excited. I've had so I so full confession. I've had your your cigar before. I have not had this vitola, so I'm I'm super looking forward to it. Um, what uh, what is the what is your favorite? What, what is your preferred uh, preferred vitola? I know you like them all, but what uh, what's, yeah. what what is
1: Well, that one is the size that we actually blended that cigar with. Um, that was the original size. And, uh, I really enjoy the Corona and the Bellicoso.
0: Okay. What made you decide to go with the Bellicoso? I have a, I have a question behind this in a little bit, but I'll, I'll I'll go ahead. I was going to ask this later, but I want to go ahead and hit it on hit on now, since you mentioned it.
1: Just a fun, uh, size and shape, um, something a little, a little different for our line. And, uh, just we we like that size. That's all. Nothing special behind it.
0: The reason I ask, uh, so I it, this, it's more of a personal beef with it, Frank. I I so we started probably smoking around the same time, maybe maybe not. Um, so I've been smoking since I was eighteen as well. Uh, did you did you start when you were eighteen or when did you start?
1: Um, well, my first cigar was when I was thirteen, but uh, I didn't really start smoking smoking cigars until yeah 17, 18 years old. Okay, we're gonna get
0: we're gonna come back to that thirteen year old uh, comment yeah. here. I'm not gonna let that slide here. We're gonna come back to that, uh, because that's pretty cool. Uh, there's gotta be a story there. The uh but so we started smoking around the same time, um. But, um, I, man, when I was when I first started smoking, man, like torpedoes were all over the place. Belicosos, Figurados, they were all over the place. Like everyone wanted one. It was like the sixty gauge is today. Like everyone had to have a sixty today. Everyone had to have a torpedo. And I found like. I mean, what I realized later on in my smoking is like the people just didn't know how to make them. But back then, it was super fresh. I'm like, how can anyone really enjoy these? I didn't like any of them, but they were super cool, and so you always wanted to buy it. And I just really, so I have like this personal vendetta against torpedoes, and it's probably it's really unfair <laughs> because obviously guard making's gotten a lot better yeah. uh, in the last twenty years, um, and uh, and uh, the torpedoes also become a lot less popular. I feel like. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. So, I thought that was interesting that you guys decided to do that size and everything. Uh, I have had the Bellicoso and it's it is really good and I really like the uh I really like the way that the blend kind of the kind of went through. We're going to talk about the corona a little bit more as well as you could probably imagine. <laughs> uh, but uh let's go ahead and get into tonight's major one point, which of course is bringing this all together and tonight's major point is brought to you by the people, yes, cigar people, the people who know everything about a lifetime of service. Protocol Cigars is more than just pool parties and good times. Well, maybe it is. But behind the fun is a fun for motivation for service, a motivation for giving back. From the original Protocol Blue to the latest release in the Lawman series, Phoebe Cousins, Protocol has always been about honor, passion, and yes, the people. It's what their life's work has been and always will be about. Power of the P, Protocol Cigars. All right, Frank. Well, let's get into it. 13 years old, huh? 13 years old. There's, there's gotta be be a story. There's gotta be a story.
1: There there, is. Um, So we took a family vacation down to Miami when I was 13 to my uncle's house and my father, he's Cuban and Italian. So all the guys in my family smoked, we were in my uncle's backyard. They were smoking a cigar. And my dad said, why don't you have a cigar, Frank? And I thought it was a a trick question. You know, as a young kid, I didn't want to get in trouble. And I said, no. And he said, Frank, it's not a trick. He's like, I'll let you smoke cigars as long as you don't smoke cigarettes. And I thought that was pretty cool at a young age. And it worked. You know, I never smoked a cigarette in my life and um, fell in love with cigars and brought me to where I am now.
0: I bet that's the, that's the smartest deal in the world. Um, I on, I honestly, too, have never smoked a cigarette either. Yeah. And uh, my dad smoked cigarettes. He did not make that deal with me. <laughs> um, but it was something I kind of made that deal with in myself. It's, so I've actually never smoked a cigarette, but I've obviously smoked many cigars. But uh yeah. I can't tell you what it was, it was around the same age too. Like I I have I've regaled the story a few times on this on the show, but um I honestly can't tell you the source of it, but for whatever reason it was around that age, 10, 11, 12 years old, where I was like, I I want to smoke a cigar. <laughs> I have no desire to smoke a cigarette. I was pretty straight edge. I did not drink underage. Did not didn't, you know, didn't do anything like that. Didn't do anything crazy. But I was like, I want to smoke a cigar. So the day I turned 18, you know, I smoked my first cigar. So that was there And about, it was yeah. and it was and then it was off to the races and everything. So
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh our other partner, Mike Denals, Mike the Greek, as people know him. Um, his father on our on our high school graduation night, he uh he gave us Two cohibas to smoke. We drove around around Atlantic City after our graduation and smoked cigars. And a cigar is pretty cool. It's something I'll never, I'll never forget. You know, celebrating cool. with a cigar
0: when you're 18. Good memory. Nice. Yeah. Man. Gosh. That's that's cool. Driving around Atlantic City. I mean, with, growing up in Atlantic City was it like? I mean, yeah. It 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 had to like not have like the. I guess the allure of it'd be like someone who grew up in Vegas, right? Like it, it's it's totally different if you grow up there. Yeah. But I mean, what, I mean, did it ever feel did it ever kind of feel special? um, Or did it just seem like it was, hey, this is where I grew up. This is what Atlantic City is. And, you know, I'm just a part of it.
1: It felt a little special when we became of age to gamble. I guess it was something new for us, something we've looked forward to um, at a young age, but it wore off pretty fast after a few months and our
0: hometown, you know, we're off pretty fast. What what was one of your hobbies again, Frank playing poker, right? <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> and and i I'm, I, you know, you probably have never waged a bet on a golf course. I mean, that just seems kind of <laughs> foreign too, right? Yeah, never. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, no, but um, I, I, uh, man, I, I've always, uh, I've, I've always wanted, I've, I've never been to a lake city. Never been to a lake city. I've, I, I really enjoy Vegas for what it is. It's, yeah, it's, I, it's a nice town to visit. I feel like I, I don't know if I'd ever want to live there. Uh, mostly cause that's too hot. I imagine Atlantic city gets too cold. So I guess it's just the extremes of what you, whatever you want to do, but um, what, so when, when did golf come into the mix? Have you always played golf? Is that, like- um, I picked it up
1: around 13, 14 years old. Um, my grandparents lived on a golf course and some of my friends played golf and they invited me to, to play. No one in my family played golf, so I had no one introducing me to the game in my family. So oh, interesting. it took me along and I loved it. I fell in love instantly. I played every other sport and they all took a back seat to golf. I was instantly hooked.
0: What was it? What was it about? Did you, did you hit the, like the, the like the perfect shot or like what was I it? did. Yeah.
1: But, uh, it's just the constant challenge. You know, there's, you, you always, there's always something to learn. You could always get better. Um, and it's such a challenging sport, frustrating sport. It just, it gets everyone hooked once they start playing. And, uh, I was a pretty good baseball player, but, um, I fell in love with it. and I wanted to get a college scholarship, which I did. And my dream was to play on the PGA tour. I played semi-pro
0: golf, but I didn't, I didn't make it to the PGA tour. As a player, which we'll talk about here in a second. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, I have to say though, Frank Casio is definitely a baseball name. Like you could <laughs> like, that just sounds like a real bit, like that just sounds like a baseball name. Like, yeah. Frank Casio went, you know, went three for four today, two home <laughs> runs. You know, just, it just sounds like a baseball name. How long did you, how far did you, how far did you get? Did you play in high school or. For baseball? Yeah. For baseball.
1: Yeah. I played my first year in high school and then I had to make a decision because golf and baseball were
0: the same season. So right, immediately dropped baseball and focused on golf. Okay. Any any high school accomplishments of golf? Did you like win a state championship or anything like that? Or? we did. Um, my junior year, our team won the state championship.
1: Oh wow! Which is okay, cool.
0: yeah. Okay, how do you how did you play in the state championship? just as an individual.
1: I didn't play well that tournament. I played well that season, but not in the final tournament, which okay. was a little disappointing. But it was it was a good team accomplishment, so I was happy.
0: Yeah, one of the one of the best golfers I played with in high school. He won a state championship his, his freshman year. Um, I, I'm I was significantly younger than him, so I didn't get to to play with him much in high school. But he uh, he carried. It's very it's very similar. It's a very funny story. He carried the team the entire season as a freshman. Got to the state championship and almost cost the team <laughs> the state championship because he played so poorly uh, and poorly by by a certain standard by like for most yeah. people they were like oh my gosh that would be like the dream come true round uh, or, or or tournament that he played in like it was it was but for him it was really disappointing and that was that was that was always sad for me uh to to, to cuz i think that i think that if he had had chance cuz he never got they never got back to the state championship but i think if they had had uh if if he had any regrets it was that and uh he played semi pro too uh and then uh just just didn't uh just didn't have the child it's hard golf is hard yeah very difficult it's tough so um so you did make it to the pga tour uh as a, as a caddy yeah. so so yeah. how so how did that okay well obviously there's a there's a natural connection there like you love golf so why not but how does how does one become a caddy like this is something i've always wanted to to, to ask and now i have you in front of me so now i can so <laughs>
1: Hey, usually you just have to know someone that's either playing or a friend of a friend. I got lucky while trying to play professionally. I I met a lot of people and Brad Faxon was a member at a golf course that I was working at here in Palm Beach Gardens. And I told him I was finished playing. I want to, another dream of mine was to, to be a caddy on the tour. And if you knew anyone looking for a, a caddy and immediately uh, he vouched for me, he called Tom Bernice Jr. on the champion's tour. And that was my first full-time job. Um, it was a lot different than playing. You know, there's there's a lot of things that I that I didn't know when I went into caddying on tour. And from there on, like, once you're out there, you're out there. You get to meet everyone. You interact with all the other players. And after Tom Pernice Jr., I went to Vijay Singh, who was one of my childhood favorites. And uh, it was a, a great experience out there, you know. He, a- had,
0: he had one of the weirdest career arcs. Yeah. Because I remember him being good when I was younger. Yep. And then it kind of went away like most people did during the tiger era. But then he had this resurgence where all of a sudden he was competing against Tiger again. Yeah, he, he took him down.
1: I think he took number one spot in in Tiger's prime. He was the only player to do that.
0: Yeah, yep. that's crazy. Were you were you okay? This is I mean, I, I apologize, I'm not trying to be ignorant here where when how long were you his caddy for for vj one season one full season Um,
1: okay i had had our daughter we had our daughter in the middle of the season um i felt like i owed vj um the i we i told him i'd work the whole season i made sure i finished that deal um but once i had my daughter i knew i was done caddying i did not want to be on tour away from from my daughter um, I was on the road constantly three to four weeks at a time, come home for a week and then go up back on the road for three or four weeks. It was, it was a tough lifestyle. Once yeah. I had
0: a Shoot, man. That's, that's worse than being a cigar rep. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And that's year round. I mean, that, I mean it's dang near year round, isn't it?
1: Nowadays. Is, yeah. Year round. Yeah. It's nuts. That's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. How did he do that season? You know, we didn't have any wins but we had a handful of top tens. We should have won a couple of tournaments, but golf is tough as you know. So um, it would have been cool to get a win, uh, but we were close. Top tens, pretty, pretty good accomplishment.
0: Okay. What's the, uh, um... so did you ever, did you ever go, did you, did you go international? Did you like, did you ever go to like the, did he play in the Did he play in the Open that year, or like the British Open? He played in the Masters that year. Um, but with Tom Bernice, I went to
1: Japan. I went to England, and when I was playing myself, I, I played in uh, Portugal, Germany, Peru, and Canada. Oh wow! Yeah, I've been lucky. Golf's taken me around the world, which has been that's cool, an awesome experience. Yeah,
0: yeah. My the hat that I'm wearing tonight is, is from Scotland. Obviously, you yeah, might be I able to read that. it. Yeah, so uh, I went this 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 uh, earlier this year and got to uh, got to walk uh, got to walk on St. Andrews, the old course, man. That was that was quite a that was quite a uh, a moment for me. Um, really, really enjoyed that. Smoked a cigar on the on the infamous bridge too. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I thought I was I thought I was going to be the American rebel. I thought I was like, oh, I'm I'm going to totally light up a fucking cigar on this thing. Like someone's going to make me chuck it. Like I don't even care. Like I'm just going to light it up and, and get a picture and that's it nobody cared yeah <laughs> they're, like there, like there were some marshals on there just like they're they're chiefing away on some cigarettes and they're like oh that's <laughs> that's cool cute american yeah. wants to light up a scarf but yeah it was kind of fun but it was but man what a what a i mean you could feel you could feel how hallowed the ground was it was just it was so so crazy have you ever been have you ever been? Have you ever, not,
1: been? not to Scotland? Um, from what I hear, the soil is pretty much the same in England, but it's on my list. I want to go to St. Andrews so bad. A
0: lot of history there. It'd be cool to play. Um, I, it was. It was really funny. It, it, it was really interesting. Um, I guess swear when I when I was. Uh, it, this this is kind of funny because this is even before I knew you played golf. So I had a chance to walk, watch, there were there was some amateur championship going on that week. Uh, and they were having, this was, it was a practice round. It wasn't even a, it wasn't even part of the, part of the actual tournament. Um, but I watched a, a couple of guys play a couple of holes and stuff. And it, it's really funny when I first met you uh, at this year's trade show, it was obviously after my visit to, to Scotland and everything. Um, I swear to God, you you have, you were the, you were the doppelganger of this, this one player <laughs> that I'd watched for a few holes and uh and he, he had a heck of an 18th man like that, that last hole. He, yeah. uh, man, he, uh, he missed the, he hit, I mean, he hit pin high, which the, the pin was in a really challenging spot at the front of the green and it, ro- I mean, it rolled all the way to the back. I guess he just didn't have any backspin on it at all, or the green was just running that fast, but he made up for it, man. Cause he hit a, He hit a. He hit that snake of a putt. It was like it must have been a forty. It must have been a forty-five foot putt, if not more. Man, I mean, it was just sick, and, yeah. just, and he just drained it right in the back of the jar. Man, it was just nuts. I couldn't oh. believe it. I was like, "Wow, holy <laughs> yeah, cow!" I
1: don't buy it too often,
0: yeah. So, um, what's the um, what's the what's the best round you've ever shot? Shot sixty-four a
1: handful of times. Um, just haven't been able to shoot below that. I finished with double, yeah, I shot 64 with a double one time um on the last hole, but it's double bogey or double eagle. Double bogey, double bogey in the last. Okay. Time. It's like I have a mental block.
0: Oh damn, dude. Oh yeah. my god, that's heartbreaking. Oh shit. <laughs> that's all right. Oh. Oh man, was How that a, your, was that in a tournament?
1: Not in a tournament. No. I think my lowest tournament round was 66 or 67. Never went low in a, in
0: a tournament. No, my lowest round would be embarrassing for you, Frank. We're not going to talk about yeah. that. My, no, the the lowest round I ever shot was a was a seventy two. That's good. That's yeah, really good. no, it was, no, it was, you know, for me, it was like, you know, it was, it was a fifty nine. So, I mean, it was like, <laughs> it was, it was how the people. I mean, it, I never thought I would ever get that low, but I mean, I was pretty good for a while. Um, you know i got down to a two uh and uh two time i mean, it was more like fringe three but like um but no i don't i don't play very often anymore i can go out i can still go out and shoot about an 85 without
1: it's still good
0: you know and two together, it's, it's really
1: good
0: yeah and that's fun you know like like you can like if you're shooting an 85 and you're just going out there a couple of times a year or whatever and everything like that, it's it golf is still fun at that point. You're like, I get a couple birdies around, or you know, have a string of pars and stuff, and it it's it's fun. That's all, you know. But man, man, what it, some challenges. Brad Faxon was one of my favorite golfers as a kid.
1: Mine too. I, I told him that he didn't believe me, but he he was one of mine oh yeah. Too. yeah,
0: oh yeah. I used to watch him all the time. My dad watched. Golf incessantly. At the time, it was a mind-numbing bore, but I got to know the players, got to know the stories and stuff, and it was yeah. just. And then, of but course, he's
1: when... one of the nicest guys he could ever meet.
0: That's cool. How, awesome. many, how many seasons did you do with him?
1: Well, Faxon, I didn't caddy. I only caddied one event with with Faxon, just one event. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Faxon's a lot. Got me out there.
0: Okay. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Um. All right, so. So we talked about your, your lowest run was just 64 a few times. Could never get yeah. over the 64. Uh what was the where where was your favorite place you shot a 64?
1: Um where I grew up. The course I grew up playing, Brigantine in Low okay. island. Um it's where I first started playing golf. My first round of golf was there, and pretty cool to shoot that score there. That was the first time I shot 64, actually. Nice.
0: Okay. Yeah cool good stuff what about the greatest round you've ever caddy
1: the masters with vj singh that was the coolest week of my life it's my first time on the property um, the nerves like it's something you can't explain to someone I, I could barely feel my hands on the first tee box nerves of major and I, I wasn't even playing I was just a caddy but it was cool it was,
0: uh, that was for, for vj right yeah oh man yeah. That was awesome. puts his He puts his hand out for a club. You're shaking the whole time, you know, just <laughs> yeah. like, like, hey, I'm supposed to be. I'm the one supposed to be nervous, Frank. Come on, give, <laughs> yeah. me, give me the club. <laughs> oh man, I just it was, it was a cool experience. It was awesome. So, I mean, are you still? I mean, are, I mean, obviously, when you work for someone like that, I mean, do you like? Are, do you have? Would you consider yourself friends with VJ? Like, yeah, friends with we some still of these guys? Touch. I don't oh, talk to him cool.
1: every week, but maybe once every couple months here and
0: there that's cool
1: yeah
0: so brad Faxon's a good guy awesome guy. so what's so like what's a couple of all other all-time good guys here now now i'm just nerding out on this because this is like yeah. stuff from my childhood too like watching uh, golf with my dad
1: everyone's was, awesome out there um i love what, like all the old-timers which were cool to me like ernie Els, awesome guy john daly amazing guy um tom Pernice jr all those guys are awesome. And even the young guys like Ricky Fowler, Dustin Johnson, Bruce Kupka, all cool guys. Um, uh,
0: very down to earth, which I like. Brooke seems like he could be a really cool dude, but he also seems like he could be a real prick. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, when I when I first met him years ago when I was younger, I wasn't the biggest fan of his, but he's he's changed. He's matured a lot. He's he's awesome. He's an awesome guy.
0: Very cool guy to be around. Very funny. Since it was your dream to always play on the PGA, and then you actually got to live it as a caddy, um, what? Uh, I mean, what's your whole stance on the whole live golf and versus think PGA to, like debate? I, I, what think, do
1: you think? I think competition's good. I think right now it's kind of like in a gray area. Um, they have to figure it out. I think they have they extended the uh, agreement to March to figure out the deal, what they're going to do, if they're going to merge or not. Um, it's uh, I, I always think competition is good. You know, it, it it makes people strive to be the, the, the best. Um, but um, I think it's good. And the money out there is just, it's, it's insane on the live tour. It's, it's, it's hard to pass up a lot. But the players got a lot of criticism for going over there at first but i think more and more people are getting used
0: to the idea and and it's hard to blame them you know yeah i yeah my gosh i i'm so conflicted on it too personally first first of all i don't understand why there has to be a conflict that's probably my biggest beef with the whole thing it's like why why does there have to be uh you know this or that why can't it just exist and everything but uh but, yeah. I hope they
1: find a way to coexist and, and merge somehow, you know, be good for the fans and the game.
0: Yeah. And the play, the best players get to play in some of the best tournaments, you know, it just, it just yeah. makes sense and stuff. Yeah. So you mentioned Ernie L's uh, we're going to talk a little bit about my, more L's for autism before. And I, cause I asked you this and I know, cause you actually had, uh, I think the day I talked to you, one of the days I was talking to you about getting ready for the show, you were, you were actually shooting, you know, shooting around with, uh, with uh, Marvin Shankin of Cigar Fish and I, which will come up later on as well. Yeah. Uh, and that's when I asked you, like, so you, you've, have you, you if you've, you've actually played the, the infamous else for autism golf tournament, right?
1: Yeah. Um, last year I did. Okay. Just a cool experience. Got to play with Dave Sabona and and Marvin and Darren Clark, who I love. He's, he's an awesome guy.
0: Man, he's an OG too, man. That's awesome. Then yeah. that's he's been, a, that's awesome. been a fan. Say, say that again. I'm sorry, Frank.
1: No, he's a lot of fun to be with. He's he likes a good drink and cigars and it's full of jokes, full of stories. He's he's one of my favorite people out there.
0: So did uh did Darren Clark smoke a Foreign Affair? Did that happen?
1: Uh no, it wasn't in existence yet when we played together. Okay. it was in the talks. So
0: Okay. Yeah. Actually nice. I haven't
1: seen him since that day. So
0: what'd Next you time. what would you smoke that
1: day? With him um i smoked a lot of cigars um fiat lux um i had about three of them um what a cigar oh and the dreamer
0: i love that cigar oh Me god. Too. man they're both so good god the dreamer's so good yeah it's one of my favorites i love yeah. uh, the the traveler too was really good they were like that yeah I I really love the the job that Luciano did on this blends man. Um, man, those those are some good stuff. the The Tiago Blue is probably the its original iteration too, and obviously the blend hasn't changed. But God, that that cigar is still one of my all time favorites that he made with yeah. the Omen Omen Tepe tobacco and made it a light lighter, more mild, mellowed cigar. Man, I don't it's freaking freaking genius man. It's yeah, great stuff. Amazing. It's great stuff. We're gonna get into his blending and your partnership with him on this for cigar in particular. And I'm sorry I let this go out. We've just been talking about golf, which I'm sure Coop is really excited about because you know, my partner on Cigar Coop Primetime Special Edition loves golf. Say mm-hmm. that with all I say that with a lot of obnoxiousness. He's not a golf guy. Uh but uh especially televised golf. That's that's like his 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 like kryptonite. He hates it so much. And it's it's really kind of funny. Um I grew up watching it, man. I grew up watching it with my dad. You know, my dad, my dad played with some of the, like some OG guys, like super OG guys. Like uh he played several rounds with Lee Trevino back in the day. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. My dad has some Lee Trevino stories. Oh my gosh. One uh, of my
1: favorite swings of
0: all time. Oh my gosh. He is, pr- he's probably my all time favorite golfer, Um, which is so crazy because he was on the senior tour by the time I was a kid, you know? And so I, yep. I got to see like a, a a shadow of his greatness, I suppose, yeah. which, but man, um, got to meet him, um, which was just, oh, oh God, just awesome. And he's, he's such a character, man. He's such a funny guy. Have you,
1: have you had a chance to meet him? I've never met him. I want oh, to, but in your oh
0: he he's so, he's so fucking Very funny, man. He is. Yeah. He still hasn't, he still hasn't lost a sense of humor. It's just so funny. <laughs> uh, the guy I always wanted to meet was Chichi Rodriguez. That guy's a character too. Yeah. So um and I always wanted to meet Greg Norman. Did you ever have a chance to meet him?
1: I've met Greg Norman. Not Chi Chi, but I've met Greg Norman. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Greg Greg was like my favorite my favorite young younger guy back when I was when when I was growing up watching and stuff. And uh he was like my he was like my favorite. Uh, love Fred couples, love Brad Faxon. Yeah. A lot of a lot of good guys, a lot of good, a lot of good people, a lot of good golfers, and uh, now they're now they're old. We're getting old, Frank. This sucks. We are getting this sucks. old. It's, this is crazy. Sucks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Um. Well, wanted wanted to dive wanted to dive into. I mean, the reason we're here, and I'm smoking this man in the the Toro Extras, really smoking nice, nice cool smoke. The flavors on point, real nice earthiness. <laughs> Got a little bit of uh, stuff he knows, but I'm still enjoying this, this this cigar here. This is your your first cigar, partnered with uh, Luciano, Mayrettes, and, yeah. and Michael. Yeah, and you've got so the foreign so the foreign affair by Luciano cigars, and I'm just I'm I'm really enjoying the size. This is really good. I've had the Bella Costa as I mentioned before, had the Corona, which we'll talk more about and everything. So okay, so golf's out. Yep, daughter's born. I can't caddy anymore. So naturally I go to the cigar industry or what What would tell, tell us a little bit about how all that happened.
1: So Michael and I, like we, it was always our dream to have a brand together. We, uh we actually launched the brand when we were in college at a young age and we failed miserably, made a lot of mistakes, but we never let that dream die. Um, COVID hit. Mike was, Mike was the general manager of Soho Cigar Bar in New York city. When COVID hit bar shut down and Mike didn't know what to do. Um, luckily, he knew Luciano. Um, him, Luciano, and Tiago Splitter would always come into the to the bar, and they got friendly with Mike. And Mike went down, when the bar shut down to Nicaragua to, to stay with with uh, Luciano, and learn, um, study the whole industry inside and out. And um, Mike kind of pitched it to me. He said, "Would you like to do a cigar line again?" And I said, absolutely. And so he told me all about Luciano and we went down there, spent some time with Luciano and that's how foreign affairs born. That's awesome. Let's
0: go. I want to go back. We got it. We got to touch on this. So you guys yeah. launched it. It failed. So and like what did, a, did it even get, did it even get off the ground? Did you, did you even have cigars and boxes? I mean, like where did it, boxes. where did it stumble? Where did, where did it go? We had boxes.
1: Um, I forget the exact amount that we had made at first but we didn't have a distribution channel um we just we didn't we didn't do a good job we were young and i'm glad we did it because i learned a lot um but i realized how how hard it is to break into the cigar industry and how hard it was that was my first i wasn't a sales rep i was trying to sell our cigars but i learned a little bit about sales and how difficult it could be you know we didn't have any advertising um and no one took us serious at that that young of an age i mean it's it's
0: a hard job man but it's 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 great when you when you know good people and you know the right people and you can get stuff made and stuff it's it's it's, it can be it can be really fantastic as as we're going to talk about here so okay so who who made the cigar who made it was it was it called for an affair was it something else or um no we came up with the name um no the first the first iteration the the I'm still on the failure Frank I'm sorry I'm all oh, about I'm the so sorry. I'm, I'm, sorry. All, I'm all about the journey here sorry
1: okay okay oh so, uh, the cigar was called Tres Reyes it was three of us okay three best friends um from high school and um we uh there was two blends there was a, a medium bodied blend they were made in Dominican Republic and and then there was a flavored blend embarrassed to say um but it why, didn't man?
0: why they're the they're the gateway it, cigar everybody everyone
1: Everyone starts yeah. off with a flavored cigar. Yeah, but it didn't last too long, and uh, but we didn't give up the dream,
0: you know. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's great. What was that first cigar when you were thirteen? Do you remember?
1: It was a Cohiba. I don't remember which one it was, but I remember seeing the label and I remember hearing the name. I just I was too young to really know much okay. about cigars.
0: Okay. What was so. okay? So sorry, I'm bouncing around back. Back to the flavored cigar that you created. What what flavor was it? It's called
1: Red Wine and Honey.
0: Red Wine and Honey?
1: Yeah. Okay. Had like a honey, honey tip and wasn't very good. <laughs> wasn't uh, up to Luciano's standards, you know?
0: <laughs> what, uh, so what made you go with that flavor, pal? You just like, we wanted a flavored cigar and this sounded good. It went as different. I mean, it definitely sounds different than anything I've ever heard on the market. So I mean, bravo... For creativity, I mean, let's not totally shit. Let's not totally shit on this. I mean, it's <laughs> kind of. You no,
1: know, something the guy that made our cigars. Um, he he pitched it and we ran with it. And that's how it came about.
0: Okay, yeah. Okay. Where were they manufactured? You said in the DR. Where were they manufactured at? In
1: the DR. I don't want to mention the guy's name,
0: but um, okay, no, no yeah. problem. Sorry about Great that. Great guy. Just don't. Uh... Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, sorry. Sorry that didn't work out, but that I yeah. guess it's all part of the process and everything. So okay, so COVID hits, yeah. Now, so you're back, you're back to it. What what did that feel like initially? I mean, did you feel like, okay, here we go again, or like no, now we now we've got to figure it figured out because we know what we messed up on the first time, or like what 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 were the kind of the, your personal feelings about it when you kind of dove back into it? I went there
1: down there very humble. Um and excited to learn from Luciano. I've heard so, so many good things about Luciano and I fell in love with his cigars. Um, and Mike has told me how much he learned while he was down there. He, I think he stayed there for a year or two prior to this happening. Um, I just went down there hum, humble, eager to learn from Luciano, who in my opinion is one of the best out there. And um, I, I'm i not a know-it-all, I'm not a arrogant guy, just... I don't, I don't think you could ever stop learning, you know? So that's the attitude I took and wanted to make a good product. And Luciano led the way and
0: did a great job. Man. I can't imagine what that was like. Oh, I I've, I've, I've spent, you know, a couple, I've spent some time with Luciano. um, And I've, I've actually spent an, an evening with him where we were just talking about tobacco. And that was a, God, that was a. It's it's really hard to put into words, but it was basically like a master class in tobacco, yeah. rolled into a semester, composited into one night. Yeah, it was just so. I mean, it was just it. It was such an incredible experience uh, for me personally, just because it was. Um. Cause I I love, I love nerding out on tobacco. I normally don't do it on this show very much just because I like to talk to people and about their stories and stuff like that. But that was such a, such a fun evening. And so I can't imagine. You said you were, how long were you down there initially for that first trip? First trip, a couple weeks and then went down there again. Oh (laughs) my God. Yeah. Bet your brain was like fried by the end of that. Holy cow.
1: The first few days. Yeah. But I, I was wide eyed. I, I, I I think Luciano was amazing. And, as you know, you, you learn so much every time you're around him. and uh, I'm glad I was introduced to Luciano
0: what so how did the so how did the because it, it, brand ownership is goes like I feel like it goes into a couple of different avenues. And I think that one i I really like I really like that you give him a lot of credit too, Frank. There's a lot of brand owners out there like I blended the cigar. Uh, and that's fine. They can do that. That's, 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 there's no shame on that. And there are brand owners that do blending and I'm not saying you didn't have a hand in the blender. Mike didn't have a hand in the blend. I'm sure y'all did. And we'll get to that in just a second. Um, but there's two people, there's also people who rely on, you know, you know, masters like Luciano who understand tobacco and everything like that. What I really like about, um, what I really like about Luciano's blending is that he seems to really kind of grasp polarizing tobaccos and somehow not not neutralizes the wrong word but somehow make it part of the blend without making it part of the blend so like the Maria Lu- lucio which was my number two cigar of the year this past year you probably saw that yes oh my gosh love that cigar for the second i smoked it is unbelievable it has peruvian tobacco which i love peruvian tobacco by itself i love that floral kind of citrusy tone that it gives yeah it, it's there in the maria Ch- but it's like it's not a dominant profile at all and it's very yeah. subtle very subtle uh in the way that he blends with it he uses omentepe tobacco really well um in fact he, I, I remember him saying he gets mad when people like talk about how <laughs> polarizing Omentepe tobacco is he's like they're using <laughs> it wrong and um uh, but this this cigar here the the the, the x factor in this one for me or the one that catches your eye too is the costa rican tobacco that's used in it yeah um so he kind of has i i really like how he does this he takes like an x-factor tobacco and uses it to make a blend but so how did how did you guys so walk me through the process that you him and mike did to create Foreign affair because i'm really interested in hearing about that
1: so before we started blending i i got a a crash course on how Luciano um viewed growing tobacco, rolling tobacco. I got Luciano's crash course. You know the way he did things, the way he likes things, which I loved. Mike had a head start. He was there for a year or two before me, so he learned uh, a tremendous amount from Luciano. Um, but we discussed a vision for for the cigar and where like a an idea of where we wanted to go with it. And honestly, Luciano led the way with the blending. Uh, we were definitely there testing it with him, but Luciano was the leader in the blending process.
0: What well, did you have something in mind that you wanted? Did you like go in so like, like, yeah, he led the way and and, and he he obviously put all the blend together, but you like, did you go in and thinking like, I want a medium body cigar or I want this particular tobacco or or anything like that? Or were you kind of just like open book, like, Let's see what happens or like what what was your kind of approach personally as you kind of went into this, this, this master class of learning a little bit?
1: A little open-minded, but we did want to create a cigar that could be enjoyed by everyone. Um, the name Foreign Affair, how it brings people together, um, foreign people together. So we wanted a cigar that can be enjoyed by everyone. Some people like strength, some people like sweetness. Um, you can get a little bit of everything in that cigar um, and it can be enjoyed by people with experienced palates or people that are just beginning and getting into cigars. Um, so it's, it's right there in the middle, which I'm happy with for our
0: our first line. Okay. Well, you you said it right there, Frank, that's going to be the next question, right? So like your first line, so this isn't a one and done experience for you. You want to continue this journey?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Cigars are my passion, Mike's passion, obviously Luciano's. Um, we don't have a set plan as of now, but we briefly spoke about it um, last time we were together. So awesome.
0: Yeah. So this is this is because this is so this is a lot more fresh for you probably. And it's always interesting to ask this question for people who've been in the industry for a really long time. Where was the first cigar shop? Because I know you know this. Where was the first cigar shop that you walked into and saw your cigar on the shelf the first time?
1: It was Industrial Cigar Co. in uh Frisco, Texas. I, I went down there. Everything's caddy.
0: everything's better in the state. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Go I, I love Texas. I love that area.
1: Um, but I was caddying in the senior PGA championship in June. Um for Paul Goidos. He called me his his caddy was injured. And I stayed in Frisco for a whole week. And I kept hearing about Industrial Cigar Co, how great they are. And I went there and I was completely humbled. I I went in there, saw the whole Luciano section and foreign affair was sold out. There was only three cigars out of the four different Vitolas. And um, they were apologizing to me for being, for not having the cigars on the shelf, but (laughs) I I was excited. It means people liked it, you know, so uh, I didn't buy one. I didn't want to take it from customers, but they, they ordered a new batch and got shipped in while I was still there a few days later. And, it was a it was a cool experience something I'll never forget that's have even been- cool
0: no that's it yes I've been to industrial great 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 shop man great people the Franks yeah. family are fantastic I love those guys yeah, um um that's such a different experience than anything I've, I've asked this question a few times and I don't think the the number of cigars has ever been brought up but man that's got that that had to have been First of all, it's just cool to see your stuff, like you said, yeah. and then the fact to see like, oh, people have been smoking this. That's fantastic. Oh man, that was an amazing feeling. Yeah, it was cool. Oh, man. That's so cool. That's so cool. Oh man, what a what a what a ride! But it's,
1: it's thanks to Luciano. Luciano has created a reputation for himself, creating great cigars, surrounding himself with great people on his team, and it's um, thanks to him. You know, it, this wouldn't be possible without Luciano.
0: So, you, so you're uh, you're obviously not the uh the you and Mike are not the only partners in some of these other cigars that he's been bringing to market over the last year with the formation of luciano cigars of course his own fantastic blends that we talked yeah. about Marie, uh the muriillo chia the new uh the revamped tiago blends yep. his lines just like the dreamer and stuff, are fantastic uh you you actually got me on the uh the cigar this past summer the Delay which is yeah. that's, that's, I mean, that's a, yeah. that's a fantastic blend. That's looks really, really well. I really enjoy that. Um, I confess, I still haven't had the Istanbul with the Turkish it's tobacco cigar as well. I really, I really need to, I really need to just like that puppy. Up. I've been waiting for him like, like a time to like, enjoy. I have, a, I have one and I've been waiting for a time to enjoy it because I wanted to do, I've always wanted to do it on a fresh palate and just really kind of yeah. sit back and, but I've gotten more of those Delis They're fantastic. So well, in the uh, way, it is too I've been smoking them a lot lately amazing cigars Yeah I saw you post about that too uh, and that's made a couple of lists too which is pretty good Yeah um what what do you uh, what's what do you like about that blend cuz I heard you talk about the delay for for uh, Lucian
1: it's, it's it's a little different from his uh, profile it's it, most of his cigars are medium plus and that's the first cigar it's a little bit below a medium medium or just a little bit below it's just it's just a different uh profile from his from his uh from his line of cigars which is cool you know
0: i thought oh uh, yeah i i enjoy i enjoyed it too the the delights probably it's probably the one that i've, I've really enjoyed the most so that was thanks to you uh for for recommending it to me um i do enjoy the foreign affair uh I'm enjoying this toro extra i really am i uh I confess i like the i like the corona the best probably and we're gonna talk about the corona more here in just a second um but uh but yeah it's what was it about what was like what was something you said you learned so much so i'm really putting you on the spot here frank and i apologize yeah. for it but what was yeah. the what was like one of the things that like caught you off guard what was one thing that really stuck out during this whole learning process or like wow that that's going to stick with me. That's really interesting. Or that's, that's different. I never would have thought of that. Or I'm sure there were a number of times you experienced that during the whole thing, but like, what's, what's something that comes to mind? comes to mind
1: in the way that he bunches the cigars, rolls of cigars. It's different than most uh, factories do it. Um, okay. Also the fermentation process is a little different than other companies. He um, he's not, he's not about a quick buck. You know, he, he wants to make high quality cigars. <laughs> and uh, the fermentation process is proof of that. The way he has his cigar rollers, roll the cigars, proof of that. And then on top of that, before the cigars leave the factory, there's just, um, there's a, a certain standard that every cigar has to have. He has, he has a jaw master to make sure the jaw is good in every cigar. So he really
0: cares about quality, you know? Yeah. The the Maria Lucia is probably one of been the truest burns that I've ever had on a cigar.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I remember taking one of those for a walk one day and I think I was, I was two miles into the walk and like, I don't know, I'm like quarter or so way into the cigar and I'm walking, right? So I'm walking. It's not a windy day. I think it would have been different if it was windy, but man, I was still, I was walking. I wasn't doing anything in particular to take great care of the cigar. I was just enjoying it. And that ash was still holding like nobody's business. I mean, it was just crazy. Mm -hmm. One of the truest burns of their- And to say nothing, at least it's a box press, too, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, that it holds that really well. Um, the... Um, was there... Was there... I know, again, I know you relied on him as far as the blending, but was there any decision-making process into, like, oh, this is going to be a Parejo as opposed to a box press as far as the Foreign Affairs to concerned?
1: We wanted to go traditional prizes. Um, I know with the, with the label, we wanted to go uh, traditional um cuban branding and uh kind of followed suit with sizes um so nothing we we might have a box press in the future but
0: nothing we wanted to do in the beginning okay do do you prefer parejos over box press in general or
1: no i I don't really have a a preference i i like to smoke air i'll smoke anything you know any size any any
0: anything you know what, so how did the design of the label come into play? Like, okay, so we talked about the blending and 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 Luciano's genius behind the tobacco there, yeah. But what what about the what about the actual branding of it? You you mentioned the name and why you chose why you and Mike chose it. Yeah, um, in the beginning, so the like- leaf in the middle is is
1: more of like uh, representing tobacco and how tobacco and or cigars bring people together. Um, we have a little like a little globe in the background. Um, hmm. There you go. There. Yeah. And little airplanes. And then we have like the ribbons, the classic Cuban branding ribbons um, and red, black and gold. Um, pretty cool. It's like traditional meets modern cigars, you know, cigar branding.
0: It's funny. I didn't even notice the airplanes or the globe until you mentioned <laughs> something.
1: Yeah.
0: It does have a classic look. I think that's what really kind of gravitates you towards it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's it's simplistic. It's not overly done. It's not cartoonish, you know, and it's not like trying to be hip or anything like that. I think it's got a very classic look, which is nice. Yeah, uh, Reminiscent of a lot of brands that you see. Uh, a lot of cla- more classic looking brands that you see, I should say. Uh, all right. I got to ask you about the red because I we used to work in retail, Frank. So one of mm-hmm. my favorite retail questions as a retailer is when a customer walks into the humidor and be like, Hey, do you remember what I smoked last time? And funnily enough, I have a great memory and I usually could do that or, but my favorite question at all was like, Hey, so I had this cigar one time. It had a red label. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's cool. That, that annihilates about 50% of the humidor. Let's see what we can do with the other 50 that we got in here. So I, it's a classic color. I'm not knocking you, man. I'm not giving you a hard time about it, but what made, what made you decide on the classic, the classic red for, for your cigar label?
1: Um, I just, I have a, a Cuban background and, um, I thought it'd be pretty cool just most traditional Cuban cigars had a red label. Um, sure. it also stands out on the shelves. So there wasn't too much thought behind it, but there was some, definitely some thought behind the color.
0: I do like the black and red together, man. It's a, it's a, it's like I said, it's, it's classic, but that's, it's also very distinct. It is the black and red is, I think is a very distinct, I don't really see, I don't think you see that, co- the, that combination oddly enough. I don't think you see that con that combination too often. So it definitely could stand out for sure, uh, and it stands out against the, the the obviously the brown background of the cigar too, which is nice. Yeah. Um, all right, well, cool. Well, we're gonna talk more about foreign affair here in just a little bit because um, uh, this cigar of yours uh had an amazing year in addition to it coming to market. So we're gonna talk more about that here in a second, but we're gonna take a quick break, uh, with one of our sponsored segments, uh, and that of course is the united cigar presidential trivia segment don't worry it's multiple choice but i am going to be asking you a presidential trivia question here in a second frank so uh as always this uh segment is brought to you by united cigars featuring la giana havana distributors of jose dominguez bandolero garofalo the firecracker and the highly acclaimed atabate byron and now alfonso lines from selected tobacco smoke one today and start living united now, Frank, I I understand that your your name is short for Francisco, and there 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 are no Francisco presidents, unfortunately. Okay. But but there is a Franklin. There there is a Fra- Franklin Pierce, of course. Uh, and uh, Franklin Pierce was, of course, the president of the United States. He also served in the Mexican American War. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, and in 1852, when he actually won the presidential election, he defeated his old commander from the Mexican American War. Wow. So, who was his old commander? Was it A. Zachary Taylor? Remember, Franklin Pierce beat this person. So that's there's your hint. Okay, was it A. Zachary Taylor, B. Winfield Scott, C. Jep Stewart, or D. Paul Frederick Foster?
1: <laughs>
0: uh, I don't even know. This will be a blind guess. That's fine. A lot of people do, Frank. No shame here. <laughs> I this is this is my segment, man. I nerd out on presidential <laughs> trivia, so. I, I I I uh I stump a lot of people, man. No shame at all. And That's why I make wow. it multiple choice. It's fun. <laughs>
1: I'll go with D because I forget the names already. <laughs> Paul Frederick
0: Foster. Uh, Paul Frederick Foster was actually a Medal of War, uh, Medal of Honor recipient, during the Mexican American Award, he was a he was a Navy ensign. Uh, but he was not the uh, the the uh, the Whig or uh the Whig presidential nominee. So Franklin Pierce was a Democrat he won the presidential election in 1852 and he beat his former commanding general which was winfield scott so b was actually the correct answer so <laughs> uh but uh what um i mean have you did you have you ever played did you ever play golf in any uh in any of the dc surrounding uh golf courses or anything like that
1: unfortunately no
0: i haven't okay
1: um i played in maryland and virginia but not nothing close to dc not a course yeah
0: some great cigar shops in DC. Have you been to any events or is is foreign affair? I,
1: I haven't yet, but I, I want to. I've heard okay. a lot of good things about that area. Okay.
0: Any your cigar in any of the shops there? Any um, I think one of our sales rep is,
1: reps are working on that area pretty soon in the near future.
0: How many stores is how many stores is Foreign Affair in? Um the exact I would have
1: to go into my emails for the exact number, but um In a few hundred.
0: It's it's pretty great. How long has it been on the market again? We
1: launched at the TPE in late February.
0: So less than a year, 100 stores. So we're going to talk about another accolade here in just a second. It's a pretty amazing year. It's pretty amazing. year. What, um, just going back to the, to the presidential trivia segment for just a second and everything. Yeah. Uh, Man, there's a really good opportunity with this name of the cigar and like getting into like pushing it into some politics, man. I mean, you could get team up with PCA and have <laughs> foreign affairs sponsor some of these congressional meetings. Just saying, it. <laughs> just giving you ideas, Frank. They're free. Yeah. You can take yeah, them and like run it. with them if I you like want. <laughs> um, but, um, if, uh, is there, um, you mentioned that you mentioned that you're cuban background so is casio cuban or is it italian
1: italian okay uh, my my father's father was born in italy my grandfather was born in italy and he moved to cuba for business and that's where he met my grandmother oh okay
0: oh that's okay. great yeah and you're 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 obviously you're frank the 3rd so is there is there a is there a fourth i know you've got kids
1: i only have a daughter so not a okay. fourth
0: okay but okay maybe maybe, maybe <laughs> in the future yeah how old's your daughter now?
1: She's two, almost two and a half. Oh man,
0: it's great age. I have 20. a, I have a, I have a four year old and an eight year old man. The two boys. So, um, they're rowdy and rank, rambunctious. Man, I'm sure you're. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure, and I'm sure your two year old daughter is mature than both my, both my boys. They, <laughs> they, they tend to, they tend to mature faster. So. Yeah. But it's, it's been fun. It's
1: a fun age for sure. I'm enjoying every minute of it. I
0: was gonna say you enjoy being a dad. I do. I love it. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you, you know, I mean, for a number of reasons, obviously, we're smoking your cigar and we're having a great conversation tonight um, because of her, you know, you decided to walk away from golf You're Yeah. Would you consider, you know, before your your daughter was born, would you consider your would you consider considered golf your number one love in life?
1: Um. Yeah. Cigars are right up there, too, though. What a decision to walk away from that, man. Every time I played golf, I had a cigar in my mouth.
0: I I know I went through some of the pictures or trying to create tonight's ad and everything. So <laughs> uh, I saw a lot. I saw a lot of golf pictures and everything. The with the cigar in my mouth. man. I I I I love smoking. A, I love smoking a cigar in a lot of places. The golf course is also one of them too. I mean, it's just yeah. it's so relaxing. A round ra- a round of golf is just it, it is can be relaxing, especially if you don't take it too serious. I know you had to for so long. Yeah. Um. But it's just you know one of those things. Um. Now with your connection with like L's for Autism and stuff, a lot of a lot of famous politicians and even president and former presidents have played in that tournament. and Everything. Have you played with any famous politicians at all? Or
1: I've um I've caddied for Rush Limbaugh. I've caddied for Brett Bear, uh, okay. Obama, um. Giuliani. I used to compete with. Giuliani's son Andrew Giuliani. Um, okay. Most of my life, actually, became. Oh wow!
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I saw you. I saw a picture of you and Giuliani once. So that's. Yeah. So you 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 competed against his son.
1: Yeah. Okay. We're about the same age. um in, at a high school level, uh, we competed against each other, and then a semi-pro level, we competed against each other. So we oh wow! knew each other for a long time and developed a good relationship who came out Actually, on top? Yeah, a, a, an event in Brigantine my hometown near Lake City and he he won the tournament
0: oh okay who's yeah. the better golfer though he is he, he accomplished a little okay. bit more than I did yes yeah. okay all right you're an honest man Frank I appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> could have talked some smack but you didn't uh, all right well, that uh, that we went a little off course, but that was our presidential trivia segment, which is always uh, brought to you by United Cigars, featuring Lajon Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Brandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atta Bay and Byron Line. Uh, now, uh, and of course, and now Alfonso Line as well from Selected Tobacco. Smoke one today and start living United. Now we've mentioned the infamous tournament a couple of times tonight, Frank, but uh the Elves for Autism Foundation is the charity that I wanted to kind of spotlight tonight just because of your you know your 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 connection to it and everything. Uh have, now you've played in the tournament once. You said last year was the first yeah. time you played it. And but have you caddied for it as well? Did I misremember yeah, I mean, that too? Okay. Past, yeah. Okay. What um give us an idea of what that you know, Cigar Efficient does a great job of you know, publicizing it and making a big deal, and we know all the sorts of celebrities that are brought in. So a lot of great money goes to a great cause. Um, yeah, for it as well. I mean, what's what's that like? What's that experience like? What's the actual tournament like? Like the the I guess the the vibe, if you will, of the tournament. What's what's that experience like?
1: It's a little competitive, but everyone knows they're there for a good cause, and okay. um, it's fun. The guys. Especially the celebrities, they're they're a little bit more laid back and open, and it is a pro am, so um, it's a treat for the amateurs to to be around these celebrities and and get to know them at a personal level, and um, it's a fun, laid back, but slightly competitive vibe. That's cool, and the cigars. Everyone's smoking cigars at the event, so it's it's fun. It's a fun event. Did you, you know one? Year, yeah, go ahead, fell. please. So at the end of the tournament they always have a a hole in one contest and if a player gets a hole in uh, one uh a million dollars gets donated to ALS for autism and Ricky Fowler there's 18 pros or 19 pros and Ricky Fowler was the last one to hit one year and he actually got a hole in one and a million dollars got
0: donated to ALS for autism which is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's super cool. Um you mentioned you caddied for Rush Limbaugh. Was that the, at a, this tournament or was it a different one? I just
1: at, at that tournament, and I've, I actually caddied for him quite a
0: bit in the past. Okay, but at the tournament as well. Well, since you've done it multiple times with him, I mean, what's 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 he like on the golf course?
1: Uh, he was a good golfer, um, very nice guy. Um, loved golf, loved cigars. Bless you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he was he was great. He was great to be around. Um, you don't see a, a lot of good guys in that tournament and, uh, on the golf course as well.
0: <laughs> You're right. Yeah. I sneezed so hard. My headset came off. That was kind of embarrassing, so. <laughs> but luckily I muted. So I didn't blow your eardrum out or our audience as well. So, <laughs> uh, Um, like I was telling you earlier off, uh, off air before I started the show, I had this incredible insane allergy attack earlier today. I just ridiculous my uh my right eye has been watering like the you know can't even think of a funny metaphor because it's just bothering me so much but thank you so much for bearing all pun intended thanks so much for bearing with me tonight on this but uh for our audience as well but um man but that's i i, I think it's, i i find it just I, I know we keep going back to this, the your point as being a caddy in the world of golf and stuff but i mean it, it's taken you so many places and it's got you to you know meet such incredible people um you said obama too you you had the chance to caddy for him yeah a few times oh, that's cool yeah i mean do these guys chat you up at all like or is it is it all is it all golf the whole time like do you guys ever like on the course i guess i mean you and vj you said developed a friendship and and i'm yeah. you know stuff like that but like
1: um Yeah. I wouldn't consider myself friends with these guys, but yeah, they definitely, um, um, my experience has been great with almost everyone. Um, everyone has tried to get to know me at a personal level and very open and had some good conversations with everyone that I've caddied before every, every big celebrity or politician. Let's see what,
0: so the, so going back to the tournament itself, there else for autism. So playing it versus caddying in it, what, other than the obvious, I mean, what, what what was different about that experience for you?
1: I felt a little nervous, you know. Uh, the year I played in it, I was with Marvin and Dave Sabona, so there's a lot of cameras around taking pictures, especially on the first hole. Um, and then I was playing with Darren Clark, so there was, was a little pressure. But I enjoyed I, I enjoyed playing more. How do you how do you shoot? Um, the front nine, I played incredibly well. I made seven birdies. In the back nine, Jeez. I didn't play as well. Um, but our our team won. Marvin didn't want to take the title, so he took us out of the competition. But we uh we had the best score as a team.
0: Well, that's cool. Yeah. So you won. You just didn't win. Yeah. Gosh, Marvin, was, Marvin, Marvin. has to ruin it. it. He has to ruin everything. Yeah. <laughs> it was cool. That was a fun experience. That's awesome. We had a lot
1: of laps of the Darren Clark. So it was good.
0: That's great, man. That's yeah. really great. Um, we have a few more fun segments to go over, but I do want to touch on some of the goodness. We were talking about Marvin Schenken, Cigar Fish Uh we gotta talk about I mean the elephant in the room, man. I mean, congratulations. You guys launch in February. Get a review by Cigar Aficionado, which is not as easy as people think.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh get an incredible favorite review. I think every because uh, they did they did a they did a vertical tasting. Right. Yeah, of of every foreign affair. affair. Yeah. And they all scored yeah. really well. Yeah. They all scored incredibly We're well. Um and so, um every cigar maker's dream, man, whether they whether they want to admit it or not, I always joke with Juan Cancelo Protocol Cigars. He always says that he would be more excited about being my number one cigar of the year than being uh being on number twenty five on Cigar Fish now. I always call bullshit on that, but he always insists that that's true. I'm humbled by that, but still every cigar maker's dream is to get on it and you hit it so yeah. the foreign affair corona the five and five eighth by 42 hit number yeah. 19 on the 20 top 25 this year yeah it was incredible
1: and uh yeah, honestly thanks has to the whole team you know our, our sales reps that are out there getting the name out there doing events every day um they did a great job spreading the word and getting us into stories because you can't get rated unless you're in a certain amount of stores in cigar fish So, right. um, the sales team is incredible. Um, everyone on Luciano cigars has been awesome.
0: Like you, like we've talked a lot about tonight, a lot of cigars he makes are fantastic. Uh, he's also had some, like some of his own personal lines too, have have, have gotten some favorable rankings. So like, yeah. When you, when you obviously saw the scores, I mean, do you know how the, do you know how the, 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 the top 25 works about the minimum score to get in and things like that before it kind of goes into a tasting tournament, you know, about, have you are you familiar with the concept? Somewhat. Yeah. Somewhat. So when you saw that your cigar was probably eligible, I mean, did, I mean, any inkling that you thought that this could be it, that you get a chance or like, was this just an absolute, just shock or two?
1: Absolute surprise. Um, I didn't have any, any expectations. It was our first, our first year. Um, I knew, I believe in Luciano cause he's done it before with a, with the dreamer. Um, but I didn't have any expectations. It was, it was a complete surprise. I was shocked pinching myself to be top 25 in cigar aficionado. And like I said, it's all thanks to, to Mike Luciano and the, and the the whole team
0: at Luciano cigars. Pretty cool. I, yeah. I mean, it's, if- Pretty awesome. and to say nothing of the fact that it was the corona because typically they don't like coronas very much and yeah. so the fact that it was it was probably uh, the size that I wouldn't have guessed uh but I was it was it was a real it was I mean frankly you know with, with all respect Frank it was a real surprise to me too just because you hadn't been you guys haven't been on the market very long with it um but I was pleased that they gave it a shot and I was really excited when you obviously landed it and I, I messaged you and I was really excited to Send you congratulations and everything. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. Oh, we didn't really talk, we talked a little bit about the blend. So there, there's an Ecuadorian wrapper on the cigar. Yeah. There's a double binder, Ecuadorian and a Nicaraguan. And then we mentioned the Costa Rican in the filler, but that's mixed with Dominican and Nicaraguan fillers, yes. uh, all undisclosed. So there's no like, you know, like Esteli or Hilapa or anything like that. And I, I'm not yeah. going to ask you to reveal any of that stuff. But, uh, but this is a, you know, like I said, it's a pretty unique blend. Um, they do like Nicaraguan tobacco typically that usually hits their palates pretty good, but this isn't far from a while well, it's manufactured in Nicaragua. It's far from, I would say far from a Nicaraguan cigar, which I think is also also a huge kudos to you guys as well. Cause you guys got on the list with something that's a typical of Corona and, and B it's not really in their, their, what we call their flavor wheelhouse and everything. But, uh, that's fantastic. I mean, so how did it ha- so how did you find out? Did you pull up the list online? Did they give you a call? Did Luciano um, call you? Like how did you first find out? Like I want to know about I want to know about this experience.
1: I was refreshing uh the website constantly that morning. Um every day. I know that they reveal like certain amounts every day True. and um constantly refreshing. Um uh, I know we got a good rating prior to that. So I I once we got the rating, then I, I said, all right, we have a shot at making the top 25. Um, but yeah, every day I was constantly refreshing. And then I think Luciano messaged the the team in a group chat that we have. And it was it was pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Definitely exciting and surreal, right? It had to feel surreal. Yeah, it really is. I it's a, it's a magazine I've been reading since I was in high school, you know, and just to be in that magazine,
0: it's been awesome. Can't imagine what that's like. I mean, that's <laughs> just gotta be that surreal is the word the word du jour, man. It just has to feel like especially like especially for you, like the way you and Mike started off. Like, and, and I'm using your words here, Frank. I'm really not trying to be negative about it, but you know, you you tried this, it was a failure as you mentioned. And then you come back, you you put together a great project with Luciano, gets onto the market. You walk into the first store, it's it's sold out, you know, and, and you see it's just growing and everything. You get the rating and then you get the number one, you know, you get on the top 20, the number one list, the top 25 list. You know, I, I, I mean, I love my own personal top 10, but I mean, let's face it. It's, it's the Oscars. It's the Oscars of scars, man. I mean, it's, I mean, that's, that's unbelievable. Yeah. I think it it uh energizes the
1: team and definitely gives us a lot more motivation going forward. Um I'm really excited to see what comes out next couple of years. I think uh I think the company's heading in a in the right direction.
0: Um, Luciano Cigars as a whole. And right. I'm I'm excited. I'm really excited. What what did Mike say to you when like I mean, you guys obviously talked about again, he was what on this journey with you. You know, you guys had this first foray, it didn't work out, and then you guys team up to do the foreign affair and it what I mean.
1: Everyone's just ecstatic, you know. It was a childhood dream of ours. We've always talked about it. Um, it we were just excited, you know. It was cool,
0: yeah. Congratulations, man. Congratulations, sincerely. This it's fantastic. Keep letting your cigar go out. I feel this, I feel like I'm insulting you. This You're is, right. this
1: is in, really enjoyable. And you were one of the first people to reach out. You, it was, I thank you for that.
0: Oh, of course, man. I, I'm well, I'm humbled by that. I mean, I just, I, I. You know, I, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed meeting you at this year's PCA. I was really, um, you know, I was, I was really charmed by by your personality and and meeting you and and you, you know, I I thought it was, um, you know, I had, you know, you know, I had no knowledge of you other than foreign affair, and you know, I didn't know anything about you at the time, and what what particularly, you know, if I may, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to embarrass you here. But what particularly charmed me about meeting you was, um, and I think, you know, again, I'm not trying to embarrass you by this, but you were like reluctant. I interviewed you on camera. I think you were really reluctant, which you were fantastic on camera, by the way. Um, but you talked about everybody else's cigar and it was almost like foreign affair was an afterthought. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, Cause I certainly didn't lead the conversation that way. That was the way that you took it. And I was like, what about foreign affairs, Frank? You know, <laughs> talk to me about that. <laughs> and it was almost kind of like an afterthought for you, which was really interesting um, uh, in a way. Cause, and that's, that's what's something that I really, that I really enjoyed and, 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 and stuck with me about our conversation. Um, and of course you got me on the Delice, Which I thought were fantastic. Like I said, so yeah. Um, since I haven't smoked the Istanbul, when should I smoke that? Should, should I try that in the morning? Should I smoke it later on? Like, I want to smoke yeah. it on a fresh palate. Like, what, what, what do, you, what do you think? I think you can
1: smoke it in the morning on a fresh palate. That'd be great. Cup of coffee. Okay.
0: Nice. Okay. I might, I might do that this week for sure, when it warms up because it's still freaking ass cold. So I'm. Um, I'm, just,
1: I'm really excited for Luciano cigars. I, I the team. Um, I think. Um. I see a lot of, I see a bright future for Luciano cigars. I think Luciano is a is a genius um, with his blending. Um, he has a great mindset. He surrounded surrounded himself to the right people, and uh, that's why I was excited to tell you about all the other brands at the show. Right. You know? I, I uh, and of course you know we're we're partners with Luciano cigar, and and if if Luciano cigars does well, I do well, and it's 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 a team, you know. Mm. So it's a,
0: i'm excited it's an, i mean it's an interesting cast of characters man i will, I will say that i think yeah. that it's 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 been i think that's one of the the, the observations that i had about it was it just seems like a an amalgamation of some really interesting characters not and when i say characters it doesn't mean like you guys are all kooky or crazy or anything like that no, but like just like diff, different walks of life
1: different personalities you know, different
0: personalities yeah, yeah. and 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 it's a, it's a you guys mesh well, huh? You guys, you guys yeah. form a pretty good team about it, huh? Okay, absolutely, yeah. That's fantastic. It's great yeah. when, like, when when a mix of personalities can come together like that in a in a really in, in a really formidable way. Definitely. Um, terrific, terrific. Well, just have some more fun segments to go through, Frank. I've really yeah. appreciated tonight's conversation. I'm really grateful for your time tonight. And again, congratulations, number 19 cigar of the year on Cigar aficionados top 25. Um, you know. That's, uh, that's just, I mean, what an incredible accomplishment. I mean, not even a full year into the, into the business, man. And you're, you're, you're hitting the ground, right? I mean, I mean, is yeah. there any, is there any nervousness about like, okay, well, okay. So we're 19. I mean, like now, now we have to do something. Now we have to, now we have to do an 18 rank cigar or something. I mean, <laughs> like, is there, is it, do you, do you feel like the pressure's on at all? Or are you just kind of enjoy it? I know it's all fresh. I mean, this is like a couple of weeks in now. Yeah.
1: I don't feel nervous, but, uh, definitely hungry. You know, I, I got a little taste of it and I want to keep, keep doing it, you know, keep providing good products out to the market and I'm definitely hungry and motivated.
0: Well, you're a competitor, right? So, I mean, like I, I have to, I have to imagine the the competition's pretty hungry. Yeah. You're a pretty calm, cool, easy, laid back individual. I, I, you know, I, I wonder what that, that competitive streak looks like in you, man. I want <laughs> see what, see what happens and see what comes from that. So that's cool. Well again, congratulations, man. That's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Well, like I said, we got some fun segments lined up. So this is my right. my kind of my my rapid fire. It's been a couple of weeks since I've done this, but this is this or that. It's very simple. Frank, I'm gonna give you two things. You just pick one. I've okay. got some cigar-related stuff, some golf-related things, and some random stuff thrown in here. So um so here we'll we'll start with we'll start with this one. I think this is an interesting one. Given your two backgrounds in cigar manufacturing and golf, I thought it'd be funny to, fun to ask you this question. Would you rather be featured in an article in Cigar Aficionado or Golf Digest? Cigar Aficionado. Oh, just snap, snap call, huh? Uh, okay. Nope. Okay. All right. All right. Uh. Let's Go to cigars here. Um, we since we mentioned about the bellicosa, would a uh, bellicosa or toro? I'd say toro overall, okay. Toro overall, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, medium or full bodied cigar, full bodied, okay. Well, interesting because this is not a full bodied cigar, so what. What are some of the more full-bodied cigars that you've enjoyed? in your um, maybe not maybe prior to Luciano, you're teaming up with Luciano and his because he's not really known for a lot of full full-bodied yeah. stuff. He makes full-flavored stuff, which is different thing. Yeah. I constantly remind my audience of that: that full flavor does not equal full-bodied.
1: Yeah, full yeah.
0: strength is also a different thing too. We'll we can get into that later, but
1: um, LFD, the drone. I smoked a lot of those cigars in the past, and love LFD. Uh-huh.
0: Oh my god, yeah. Wow. La Florida Minicana is like the reason that I'm here today. Lito Gomez is is fantastic. Yeah, yeah that, that was like the first. I I smoked an actual premium cigar my first time. I smoked a Fonseca, and then I smoked a lot of the classic stuff that you you know everyone's heard of, like Romeo and Julieta's, Macanudos, and things like that. But yeah. La, LaFleur was like my first, I guess, boutique at the time cigar yeah. that I ever smoked, and and I was. Of course, it kicked my ass, and I loved it. It was fantastic. It was yeah. feeling lightheaded. Is is great. I was like, I'm in. This is this yeah. is great. I want to smoke more of these. This is fan-. and it was the single hero at the time. It was they yeah, hadn't the even double. done the double layer hero. Like yeah. I was still just now. I could smoke the single hero for breakfast. I mean, it, it mean <laughs> nothing to me, but um, um, but that's cool. Okay, all right. Uh, yeah. Let's turn towards golf. Would you rather hit the perfect approach shot from the fairway? Or from the tee box fairway i've heard a lot of golfers say this i feel the same way i'd rather i'd rather knock one in from the fairway than off the, than a par three off the tee box yeah i want to why i want to hear your answer i have i have a very specific answer why um, well because
1: there's different factors you have different lies you have different wing conditions um it's not like a on par three it's a perfect tee box level you know from the fairway you might have an uneven lie or in the woods, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> what's
0: the, what's, what's, I'm sure you've had a number over in your career. Like what's the, what's the coolest if, from your recollection? What's the coolest, uh, slam dunk you've had from the fairway?
1: Um,
0: from the woods, it sounds like you, it sounds like there was a story. I, there, done maybe. From the woods. Yeah. Um, oh shit. Okay.
1: But, uh, I think super cool. I've, I've come close to like a double Eagle from, the, from on a par five, but never had one, but I've had a number of cool ones from on par fours.
0: I had a two on a par five. It was it, that's awesome. It, yeah, so it's it's the number nine hole. It used to be Sylvester Golf Course in El Paso. it's I think it's called Lone Star now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's right by the airport. Um, it's number nine. It's this. It's a sweeping dog leg left. Man, it's an extreme, and I I hit this beautiful draw off the tee box um, that landed me in this spot where it was just it was just awesome. Except for the fact that I was on a I was on a banking slope. So I, my feet were below when I set up to the ball and I had, I, I still have it. And I'm looking right at it. My golf clubs are right. Just beyond the camera here. I still have this five wood that just, it's not one of those. Uh, I, shoot. The name escapes me. It's not one of those hazard clubs. Uh, I can't remember what they're I've called. Heard. Yeah. It's not like a hybrid, but it, it, uh-huh. it, it always felt like when it was a, it was a smaller head, smaller face. Great, great if I didn't know how to hit that club, I mean, if anyone picked up that club, it'd be really hard to hit. It's a very, it, it has no forgiveness whatsoever. I've just always been able to hit it really well. And I took that five wood and I, I freaking hit the dog shit out of it, man. <laughs> and, and, uh and yeah, I got up to the line. I was like, where the hell is my ball? In and, the and, and it was in the hole and I was like, holy cow. And That's there was, awesome. there was an old guy. who was, um, and I say old, like, like this guy was, you know, they had like, I'm serious. He had, he, he had a cane with him <laughs> and he was playing around the golf. Like, this is why I love golf too. It's like, you can play it at all ages, but he's like, man, I saw that. I, I, I stayed here. Cause I wanted to tell you, I wanted to see if you had seen what happened. And so he described what my ball had done. Like I had hit the the far right side of the grid and it kind of swooped in and then came back and banked itself right into the cup and everything. I was like, Holy cow, man. Cause yeah. Really I, yeah. Gosh, that was, that was, su- that was super cool. But yeah no my specific reason why i like uh, like knocking one in from the fairway it's kind of what you were talking to to your point it's so much more challenging i don't know if you tee up off the uh, if you if you actually tee the ball up on a part threesome a lot of people don't i i always do depends. depends um um but like you said it's like the perfect line it just seems not like cheating but like you're you're setting yourself up for success so like you yeah. you know if, if you're you're on that day you should be able to to knock one close if not yeah. in, um, I've had one hole in one. That's in my awesome. Life. That was cool. Um, have, have you, how many have you had, have you had any only two? Yeah. Two. Okay. So I'm yeah. one behind you. Got to catch up. <laughs> um, but you've played a lot more than I have. I've, um, I've, it's, yeah. it's it's hard. It's so hard. Like,
1: yeah, the golf is such a hard game. 50.
0: No, it exactly. Is. Golf is such a hard game. All right. Um. So stay on golf. Here we go. Steel or graphite shafts?
1: Graphite. For for the driver. For the driver. For the driver. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The driver that I have currently is the first graphite I ever owned. I've only had steel shafts. Couldn't afford. Gra- couldn't afford really nice clubs. You know, my dad always my my parents always did what they could best. My irons are still like their ping knockoffs, but they <laughs> they they hit well. Uh. But you so you like steel on irons. I do, yeah. Okay, okay. I don't feel like such a loser now. That's great. Uh, <laughs> that's cool. Everyone always had graphite, man. When I was playing against everyone, had graphite shafts even on their irons and stuff. And yeah. I'm like, I can't afford that, you know. Like, <laughs> uh, cool. Um, all right. Um, next up, going off uh, off top off topic here a little bit, but that's cool. Uh fast boat or a fast car? Oh. I like both. Fast car. Fast car. All right. Yeah, I saw. Um, I saw you doing a video from. Uh, from this, so this is the next question: convertible or hot to- hard top?
1: Uh, convertible. Smoke
0: cigars. Always wanted to own a convertible, man. Never have. Do you Do you own a convertible, or are you just driven a few? I do. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Okay. For cigars. What, for cigars specifically. For cigars. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. What kind of, What kind of car is it? It's a,
1: a Fiat Spider. Oh, nice. A two-seater. Yeah, we have the family car, the SUV, and then we have that one for my cigars.
0: That's <laughs> powerful. Yeah. The, the wife can't get mad, man. I mean, the, all exactly. that you're, you're airing it out the whole time. Yeah. I mean, it's Definitely. perfect. So it's perfect. The smell doesn't linger. Is it hard? I have to imagine, like, going, especially going fast in that kind of cigar. I mean, how, how does it, does it? Does it just make does it just destroy the construction of a cigar? I mean you're you're obviously Sometimes. able to still enjoy it, but yeah. It,
1: I have to put the windows up while the roof is off. Um then it burns a little bit better. But when the windows are down, it's it can be a disaster. It ruin the cigar. <laughs> yeah.
0: Then then it's just fun and you're just enjoying the ride, literally. Yeah, pretty That's much. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But I
1: like uh, it. The, the, I, I love going fast on boats too, but I have a lot of respect for the water, you know. A lot can go wrong on
0: the street as well, but I have a lot of respect for the water. Back to golf for a second. Tiger or Jack? Tiger. God, he was good. Man. Yeah. Unbelievable. He changed he just, the game. He brought he a did. lot of people to the game. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I just ended his relationship with Nike, man. That's crazy. End of yeah. an era. That's nuts. Yeah. It's crazy. Over 20 years, I think. Yeah. They stood by him during, you know, all the bad stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, they could have easily walked away from him. Easily. That was the only company
1: that stuck by his side. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. I remember when, you know, a lot of companies did right by him too, you know, like Titleist, even when he was testing out the Nike ball for a while. Yeah. They were really, they were really cool about it, which was interesting. I mean, he was under contract with Titleist and they were like, like they wanted the guy to keep winning, you know, and his name was still associated with their brand, so they figured what the hell, right? It didn't even matter. It's crazy. Well.
1: Yeah. And I still don't think he's done. I think he has uh, a couple more wins in him. Major wins or just wins? I think majors. I think he'll win another masters and possibly another open.
0: I'd love to see another Masters. That that masters win a couple years ago.
1: Yeah.
0: It was awesome. Man, God, it was it was so fucking cool. <laughs> It was it was so cool to see that again, man. It was great. All right. Yeah. Um, all right, bourbon or scotch? Um, I've been getting into bourbon lately. Um,
1: I've always been a scotch guy, but uh, bourbon now, I'd say. Even so though you're... I don't drink bourbon often. I'm more of a tequila guy.
0: Yeah, I'm a tequila guy. Oh, that makes me happy, Frank. Thank you so much for saying <laughs> that. That's awesome. It's beautiful. What's your what's your favorite scotch though? Uh villain good stuff that's good and what about tequila now now that you mentioned it
1: a few um sin coral michael jordan's brand um i drink that a lot and then uh like ocho and g4 um they don't have any additives in it it's like it's pure fortaleza 1942
0: right behind me yeah i saw that yeah okay have you ever had coralejo i have not I need to get you a bottle it's fucking amazing it's my favorite the (laughs) the 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 label looks like nothing you're like it kind of just looks like oh okay yeah it's really really good it's really good I really enjoy that it's fantastic
1: you know um I played we've had a lot of rain the day I was supposed to play with Marvin we didn't play we played yesterday and um Adam Levine's younger brother played with us okay he uh, he just said Adam Levine just launched a tequila brand. I can't remember the name of it, but they're aged in in wine barrels.
0: Which Interesting.
1: Is, uh, like the the blanco has like a pinkish tint to it.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm,
0: I'm in. Yeah. yeah. I'd be down to try that. Yeah. For sure.
1: I like good tequila. Tequila. There's a lot of good tequila. I remember in college I had a couple of bad experiences, but and I, I took a break from tequila, but now I'm, it's mostly what I drink now.
0: It's probably because you drank bad tequila, Frank. Don't don't blame it yeah. on tequila. <laughs> blame uh, well, it on poor. Blame it on poor choices. Not tequila. <laughs> actually, uh, when we went to, to Nicaragua,
1: we brought a bottle down of Michael George's tequila to uh Luciano in Nicaragua. Nice. We drank that all nice. week.
0: Yeah. Sweet. All right. Some uh some food choices to wrap up the this or that segment. So we've got uh, a root beer float or a banana split. Banana split lays or pringles potato chips
1: <laughs> uh God, pringles are addicting but i'd say Lays.
0: okay interesting because you said so Lays, so pringles are addicting but you would yeah. rather go with lays why
1: i don't know i guess lays has more flavors that i know of you
0: know okay that's true yeah it's true yeah. a lot more flavors do you like more do you do you Do you like any of the spicy chips or do you like just to stay with more? I love the jalapeno
1: and barbecue. Good stuff. Yeah.
0: Well, fantastic. That was this or that, our rapid-fire segment, which leads perfectly, the last couple of questions leads perfectly into our Everybody Eats segment, sponsored by Pastaña Cigars. If you always make sure that your servant's towel is bigger than your appetite, everybody will always get theirs. Pastania Cigars is more than just great cigars made by cool people. They embody an attitude of gratitude and grit with Pastaña everybody eats so frank there's a three variations of the question so i always just kind of randomize it and pick one so we'll go with this one um what is your favorite food or dish that you love that you wouldn't have tried if you hadn't been offered or forced to eat it by somebody else um probably caviar okay all right i love caviar yeah so wouldn't have tried it unless. So, what? What are the circumstances? What's the story behind caviar? Who made you eat it, or?
1: Um, a friend of mine, he uh, at the Masters actually, when I was with BJ, he had a private chef come to his Airbnb and cooked wagyu steaks and caviar. I never had caviar, and he told me to eat it and try it, and without knowing how expensive it was, I think I ate about twenty five hundred dollars worth. <laughs> but, Holy shit! Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> it's good it's yeah, so good. It's good oh man i could put caviar on anything it's yeah, so it really good so good awesome um like you, what what was it about it beforehand like you just never had the opportunity or you'd like did you think it was like gross or something or like what, combination what was... of both. a little gross and 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 it really i just wasn't really exposed to it so you you got exposed to the good stuff though, because there's cheap caviar that's not very good, and so you yeah. could have gone that route, and it probably would not have been as appetizing. I've had bad caviar, but I've had really good caviar too, and it's mm-hmm. really good caviar is fantastic. Yeah, okay. I loved it. I loved it. Would you? So did you? Did you have it on the steak, or was it on something else, or like what? Yeah, you- it was on the
1: side. It, it wasn't on the steak, but um, it was a cool show. We had we had a bunch of vegetables, uh, wagyu steaks, and caviar on the side.
0: We're gonna say perfect. caviar yeah. on some you steak now. That's a rich, that's a rich dinner. Holy cow. Yeah. Um <laughs> uh, both taste-wise and 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 expense-wise. Um sounds good. Yeah. Well, that was our everybody eat segment brought to you brought to you by Pastani Cigars. Uh if you always make sure that your servants towel is bigger than your appetite, everybody will always get theirs. Pastani Cigars is more than just great cigars made by cool people. They embody an attitude of gratitude. grit pastanya everybody eats so this next segment is brought to you by asylum cigars refuge is more than just a physical place it could be a state of mind some of life's greatest reflections can be found in our own personal asylum moments like these were made for asylum cigars so light up an asylum and choose your refuge now frank this this segment specifically is about an individual moment with cigars now You've been around cigars for quite some time. You usually you you light up on the golf course quite a bit. You're teamed up with an amazing team at Luciano Cigars. So you're probably more than likely almost always smoking cigars around other people. Most yeah. of us are. It's a very community-based pastime. So this is your first time answering this question. So I'm going into a little bit more detail of the explanation. We've I've had several guests who have had the opportunity to answer this a couple of times. But the the point of the question is every once in a while we have that opportunity to sit down. And smoke a cigar. It's just us, Mm -hmm. and it's just us by ourselves. And that moment could be a lot of a lot of things. Maybe it could be celebrating the birth of your daughter. Maybe it can be, you know, listening to some music. Maybe it could be an anniversary with your wife. I'm giving you, you know, examples, but the answer is your own. What's a moment that you can remember? It can be recent or it can be way back when. It doesn't matter. But it was just you and the cigar. What were you doing? And if you can remember, what was the cigar you were smoking?
1: Um, like well, a unique experience at Industrial Cigar Co. Um, I wasn't alone, but it was a group of people, and they had me try. They do this every Wednesday. I forget what they call it, but you sit in a room in the dark with the red one of those red lights, and no one's allowed to talk for two hours. So I smoked a Foreign Affair, and like you said, I'm always with people when I'm smoking cigars. I'm either representing Foreign Affair or I'm with golfers of the golf course or with friends of the cigar lounge. Um that was the first time I've had two hours to myself, period. And with a cigar it was even better. And uh it gave me a lot of clarity. You know, I, I it was I got a lot of much needed um alone time to think about a lot of things and um put things into perspective. And um something I should try to do more often, smoke cigars alone, you know, because Everyone needs that quiet time, time to reflect,
0: um, get some clarity, you know? Yeah, I, as much as I enjoy smoking cigars with people, there's, there's the reason I created this segment was specifically that I think it's, I think it's one of a cigar's greatest gifts is that it can be its own company sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, enjoy, I mean, I enjoy it. I mean, I enjoy smoking with other people. That's not to say that I don't, not at all. On the contrary, I prefer smoking with people. Yeah. But every so often, there's that moment that's just really, really fantastic that you get to enjoy by yourself. And it can be anything. It can be, like I said, celebration. It can be anything in particular, which is really, really great about it. Yeah. Huh. Fantastic. It
1: helps, it helps me on long drives, you know? keeps you distracted.
0: And... Yeah. Yeah, I used to commute quite a bit. Um, in quite a long time, so cigars kept me company in the car, and it was great, really great. I did not have a convertible, so <laughs> the cigar did have to. This car did have to air out quite a bit, so. Um, but uh, um, that was our asylum moment of refuge, which is brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Refuge is more than just a physical place; it could be a state of mind. Some of life's greatest reflections can be found in our own personal asylum. Moments like these were made for asylum cigars. So light up an asylum and choose your refuge. All right. Well, Frank, the time has come. It's our last question of the evening. And, um, and of course, it is our Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust Curveball segment. So fastballs or curveballs, it doesn't matter. Since the company's inception, Steve Sock has been knocking them out of the park. Eight count them up eight consecutive years in the consensus top three. Congratulations to our good friend Mr. Steve Sokka and as he tries for nine years in a row, which will be we'll find out here in the next few days when the half-wheel consensus comes out. And it will we see Dunbar and Tobacco and Trust again in the top three? We shall see if he'll make it nine years in a row. So Frank, this uh, this last this last one is a curveball thing. It's a little bit of a fun season, though. So I wanted to ask this, you know, obviously your four into golf didn't work out the way that you had dreamed about being a professional Mm -hmm. golfer. Cigars is getting kicked off in the right direction for you, certainly. I wanted to reverse this. And I know it's kind of hard to think about it this way. But if your dream had been going into cigars and that had not worked out, and you had stumbled onto golf kind of almost secondary and found the instant success that you've found so far, right? It's a journey, right? This is just the beginning, which is really this is really exciting about you know about what you guys are doing at Luciano Cigars and Foreign Affair. But what do you think would have been other than the fact that they're there are two different outcomes and we're reversing history here. What do you think would have been different about the journey? And how do you think it would have changed you personally? Good question. Um,
1: you know, golf is a individual sport. Your only teammate is your, your caddy. You have coaches and everything, but it's just you on that golf course. Um, I've had that in the reverse. I've experienced that. Individual sport to myself. The cigars have taught me more of teamwork, and uh, I, I think I, I'm glad I had this the way I had it um, in this in this order because it it taught me enough love, enough about life to to be my own person and and to go out and in, in, in events and and perform for the brand. But, um I, I like I like being a team player with luciano cigars and I think uh it, it's fun yeah you get to celebrate with people if I won a tournament I'd only celebrate myself or, or loved ones now we could celebrate as a team you know um I I don't know I hope that answers your question but
0: no it doesn't wait and I I think that's what what's, what's really interesting about this Frank is that like you said it's an you know golf is an individual sport and know i've heard you we've been talking for a couple of hours now and you're you know even in our initial conversations we talked about my initial meeting at pca and our initial conversations even leading up to this interview and you've always been very very quick and 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 very genuine and sincere i want to add that too because i think that's important because i think a lot of people tout the teamwork line and don't necessarily mean it and 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 I'm not saying I want to be very clear. I'm not saying that about you. I think it, it, it's it's very apparent that there's a lot of sincerity behind your words about being a, about being part of a, a very great team. Um, was that hard for you though? I mean, because I mean, you had you came from a background where it was all about you. Yeah, your caddy gave you a club. You had coaches that you listened to, but on the golf course, when the shot mattered, when you had to do it, you had to do it. And there was a lot of pressure on you and you obviously found some success with it. You know, you know, I don't, you know, making it even semi-pro. I mean, that's shit, man. That's a fucking feat. Let's be honest. So it's very hard as we've kind of talked about all night. I mean, I mean, was that hard for you to, to be part of a team?
1: No, I I think it's the opposite. I think it's easy. I actually, I love it because like you mentioned the top 25, how was everyone? Um, it was, it was fun celebrating with people, you know, like everyone worked so hard and you get that achievement. It was rewarding for everyone. It's, it's I think it's better to celebrate with people than it is to celebrate alone. You know, um, I, I, it was a very easy transition, probably something I, without knowing,
0: wanted. Interesting. Not, not to put too strong a point on it, but do you think, I, I'm making this own connection, just kind of I'm having a little bit of a light mold moment here, Frank, but you know, you you left your dream, your individual dream, to be part of a team. And I'm not talking about Luciano cigars, I'm talking about your family.
1: Yeah.
0: Your motivation for leaving your dream behind was to be part of something together with your wife and child. Yep. Yeah. Do you think that was that do you think that's what made it easier?
1: Yeah. It wasn't even, it wasn't a tough decision. I, I loved caddying on tour. It was a dream. Um, I think if you ask anybody that plays golf, if they'd like to caddy on tour, I think 90% would say, yeah, but it was an easy decision. Even though I, I, I dreamt about it for a long time, family is everything to me. That's more important than anything in the world.
0: Was it even a choice? Like, was it even like, you you, you know what I'm asking? Like, was it even a choice for you or was it Mm -hmm. like, like your daughter's born, and that's it. That's the like, there's no other decision. It's
1: there, there was like a, a financial aspect to it. Um, not every caddy makes great money, but the potential is there, you know. Sure. Um, and not knowing, I, I'm lucky I had some golf courses to fall back on. Like, I worked at Michael Jordan's course, um, after caddying on tour, and it's a good fallback plan, but there's a ceiling, you know, caddying on tour. Some caddies make millions of dollars. So I think having a guy like Vijay Singh on my resume had propelled me in my career as a caddy. But um, to me, yeah, I want to be successful. I want to um, be financially free. But there's other ways to do it. And I don't have to be on the road all the time. And I, I could do it, hopefully, uh, being around my family most of the time.
0: Was so like is is Luciano Cigars and Foreign Affair is it a full time thing for you now or is it still part time? Do you have it, another it's,
1: it's becoming it's becoming more full time? Um I still work at Michael Jordan's golf course. Um that's hard to let go of too because of the the networking aspect, the the people I meet every day, the the, the relationships I'm building. Um uh but yeah, as as foreign affair and Luciano Cigars becomes more and more successful. I'm Getting a little bit more and more busy with with the cigar industry.
0: Top twenty five on cigar aficionado certainly yeah. doesn't hurt that <laughs> prospect. So that's good. Uh that's fantastic. What? So are you are you the pro at the course or like what what do you do exactly? Oh no, just a just a caddy. Just a caddy oh, okay. There. Okay, yeah. cool. Nice. Yeah, I have to imagine you meet some amazing people. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. Um. Who's the, who's the, like, what's the most random person you've caddied for on, on the course? Like, not in the tournament, not in a tournament, like a pro-am or anything like that? Uh,
1: MJ's course, it's, the whole membership is the who's who of the world. And the guests that come, it's, it's celebrities every day. Um, I mean, I've caddied for everyone at his course. Um, unique, I'd say Kid Rock. Um,
0: <laughs> I bet that was a funny experience. <laughs> yeah.
1: But it's cool. Like every, every athlete. Is he really
0: He's. I imagine he's either really good or he's really terrible. Which one is it? No, he's, he's, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Okay. All right. Nice. Interesting. I never would have, I never would have guessed that. That's cool.
1: cool Every, every athlete you can imagine comes to their actors, um, politicians. It's, it's a cool place.
0: That's interesting. That's cool. Yeah, man. what What a fun experience. That must be too. Interesting. Okay, great. Great. Yeah. Well, well Frank thank you so much um I mean this last couple of hours has just flown by I really really appreciate you sitting down um I was even surprised that, that I could that I could uh, was able to schedule you. I figured with the top 25 and everything that uh, your schedule has probably filled up quite a bit and I know it has so for you to make time for me is 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 really means a lot Frank it really does and and I know it's late on a Sunday we've talked about family tonight. You know, you're no. taking time away from your family and, and it really, it really means a lot to me. So thank you so much for the opportunity.
1: I'm incredibly grateful for this opportunity and thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely.
0: Well, for everyone out there, we really do appreciate you guys listening and staying up late with us as always. This was um, a really fantastic conversation with Frank the III, and uh, we really appreciate everyone out there. All your likes, shares, and comments, please keep them coming. You can always check out our YouTube channel, Ellos Fumar, um, and check out our videos there. Of course, we broadcast live from Facebook every Sunday night at 930 Central. Got some great shows coming up over the next couple of weeks. Uh, check out my last week's episode. It was my top 10 cigars of, of, uh, of 2023, and of course, Luciano Cigars maria lucia was my number two cigar of the year for 2023 a well-deserving honor for an amazing cigar um and i really do appreciate frank for stopping by uh, if you are t- tuning in later uh, via podcast where you're li- listening on apple Podcasts, spotify google play podbean or wherever you listen to podcasts be sure you download subscribe and review if you are a subscriber do me a favor hit unsubscribe but don't forget to hit resubscribe because that really helps my numbers actually and uh, it allows me to get great guests like Frank whenever I want. In fact, that's what Frank asked about when he's like, "Hey, what are your numbers like?" No, he didn't, not at all. <laughs> uh, he did not. But it allows me to get great guests like Frank whenever I want. And uh, I really do appreciate all the guests that we have on. And this is uh, this is Frank's first appearance, and I know it won't be his last on this show. I do really appreciate your time, Frank. Thank you so much again uh, for this. This was this was a great conversation, and I, I look forward to your future success. You and Mike and Luciano and the whole team at Luciano Cigars with Foreign Affair uh we'll see what the next chapter comes you're going to be at uh, pca coming up here in march yes i will fantastic You as well i will be there i awesome. will see you and uh hopefully we'll have another great interview at your booth like we did this past year so looking forward to it um, well everyone thank you so much for tuning in this was our 277th take can't believe i've done 277 of these it's crazy crazy to think about but uh, this was our 277 take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azel, Texas. He's Frank Cassio, I'm Barry DePlissi. Guess what, everybody? We'll see you next time. Thank you.